I don't know how anything is going to work. This has been the worst month for streaming. I'm banned from the from the Facebooks from streaming for dumbness. Um, this is the pre-show, everybody, where we talk about what we're going to do on the show. Thank you for coming out. We got one viewer right now. I'm sure that's Dave sharing out the show. There's Taylor finally showing up. He's still early. Yeah, I was about to say. Sorry. I'm not talking shit. I know it sounds like it. Could have fooled me. I know. Oh. Uh, Dave, no, Dave it's or- not me. It's not me. Dave ordered a pizza, so he's going to have to step away in a minute and go get his fucking pizza. <laughs> Man. Um, I'm, I'm having just the roughest week. I was going to say we seem really unprofessional, right but corner. we're way more professional seeming than a previews world right now. Oh, dude, the Diamond website where all the comics are kept. This is We're usually doing the preview show tonight. We didn't do the show last night, and our thoughts are with all everybody who has been dealing with this storm because of oh, that yeah. storm. Uh, Dave couldn't be here. It was just going to be me and Taylor, and we just don't do that. It's not fun if it's just me and Taylor. We always agree. Yeah, that everything. sucks. It sucks. God. Um, but Just an echo chamber, right? We're yeah. always like... Good one, Gomer. Yes. Like that's right, Taylor. You know that sort of thing. wonderful observation. Um. Anyway, so then then the Diamond website was down tonight when we do the preview show. So we're just going to do the show we were going to do last night tonight. But yes, all of our thoughts are with people who are suffering from this storm, terrible storm. My power went out for a few hours and I was pissed. And then the next day I'm like, oh shit, I guess I don't have much to be fucking worried about. What's weird is I moved like two weeks ago. And the house I moved at apparently still don't have power. The one I moved out of. Ah. But I'm here in the middle of nowhere. Tennessee. Yeah, nowhere, Tennessee. I lived in a town with like 40,000 people. And now I'm living in a town with 4,000 people. And yeah, I, no, no, but not bad at all. It actually blew some of the leaves out of my gutter that I'm too lazy to go up there and get. So I actually made out okay. See but, that silver lining there. Yeah. yeah, right? Silver lining. Jesus. The worst storms they've had. And honestly, oh, these crazy storms that this region got in December. That motherfucker, it was just last year, January, we had them. Shut up. This is yeah. normal now. How many uh, times does it have to be abnormal before it's a new normal? In fact, yeah, uh, Nashville, <laughs> around where we live, was not hit nearly as bad by this batch as it had been by last year's batch. Oh, yeah. Wow. But it's all still in the same, you know, Tornado Alley. Area. You know, uh, Tornado Indeed. Alley, yes, has moved east. Yeah, out yeah. west of us got it w- much worse this time around. And we were up north, north. Yeah, of, we, yeah. yeah, we were spared but from the worst of it uh, in our neck of the woods. Yeah. This time. Um, well, I have family up in Bowling Green, so yeah, I've been I've been getting some reports from an uncle up there, and well, we all have Twitter, Dave. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. But he's well, he's giving me firsthand accountings. Oh, oh, that's cool. That's cool. So, so yeah, uh, it's... moving on to uh, sorry, yeah, just sorry, but yeah, thoughts and whatever with everybody who's been impacted by this. So we're doing our top list later on this month, TBD. But the bullies are doing one too. And they asked me if I wanted to go on. I was like, no, y'all record it like fucking midnight. And he's like, oh, well, we wouldn't do this one at midnight. And I'm like, oh, well, if y'all don't do it at midnight, you know, at least let me know in advance when. And then, yeah, maybe. So they do, they're doing like a top five and they're doing movies, TV shows, uh, comics, of course. Uh, but they're also doing a music category. And I'm like, man, I ain't got, 
I ain't got nothing. That is outside of our wheelhouse. Well, I mean, I listen to music. And sure, I listen, but... And I listen to new music, but I just tell my Spotify just to start playing shit, and I don't really look. And then people tell me, oh, you're supposed to get this end-of-the-year thing with Spotify? It's only if you have the Spotify app, where it gives you, like, all of this cool info. Oh. And I don't use the app. I just use the website. I use the app. Yeah, I don't use the app. I, I got that. I just that. use the website and my like my, uh, my Echo, my Amazon Echo. I never like to say her name unless I really mean it. Ah. Uh, but yeah, we're going to do ours. And I have ours. I have everything I'm putting on there. You know, I don't have everything written out in my notes. And I don't have them in any order. But. Apparently, the, my choice. I have the Matrix on, on my list already. It's not out for like another two weeks. Apparently, the my choice of music on Spotify is like you know, Rage Against the Machine, <laughs> Run the yeah, Jewels, yeah, like forty year old shit. Oh, but uh, speaking of uh, late Doom. submissions for this year, I didn't realize that Book of Boba Fett was coming out at the end of this month. I thought it was oh, going to yeah. be next year sometime. Yeah, twenty nine. I still think we should count that as a next year show, man. It is. It's so like good. the 29th. So yeah, it is it's so close. Barely this year, yeah. Yeah, and it's only going to be like what one episode this year. Most of it yeah. is going to be next year anyway. So yeah, that should count for next year. I have a comic book example of that. Uh, the uh, Historia, the Wonder Woman Historia book that came out. It's it's a has some of the best art of the year. But because another book, and I don't even think I—I I think if you guys had two guesses, you'd figure out which one it is. One Hold book, on, guys. best art of the year. All right, my pizza's here. Oh, go get it, man! I Live am. stream, you getting a pizza? It's probably actually a good time to get on with the damn thing. No, it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. I asked. Uh, <laughs> Hey, what kind of pizza? He said, oh, Papa John's. I'm like, no, you know. <laughs> like, what kind of pizza, too? And he said, oh, the bacon thing. Like, oh, Papa John's, the new bacon thing pizza. Yeah, so did David, like, call and, like, say, hey, can you guys get me the bacon thing? Yeah, he was probably online, like, special notes. Can you make this the bacon thing? to the previews one because just have it uh welcome back it's this geek and comics outright keepers comic book shit talk show shit talk show uh gomer aka david is will be here in a minute He's he left me to do the shit talk show i was yeah, counting I on him doing that yeah you i don't know if you've actually ever done it before i we've done a, a couple week. where it was just you and me so yeah yeah it's a weird week um uh, segment one, what we're going to talk about, what we did this week, and it's so weird. I'll just go normal. I could spit out all this dumb, stupid stuff that's happened to me this week, but I did watch a Christmas movie, and it was a new Christmas movie on HBO Max okay, so 8-Bit Christmas. Yeah, how is that? I was curious to know if I should check this out. You should check it out. It is basically a Christmas story with an NES. It's about a kid okay. whose goal is to get a Nintendo back in the 80s. Um, it's got a... With, so, that, with that comparison, it's got a twist to the ending. And I so the NES is his BB gun? Yes. Okay. And, and he's actually in the video game. No, it's not. No, there's That no, would be so lame. There's no weird sci-fi twist. There's oh. nothing like that. But it really has this cool sort of 
it does have this cool modern twist to it, you know, hearkening back to the 80s. And it has this depth to it. And it's a generational sort of thing, you know, where kids today and adults today can sort of have this common ground when it comes to technology. And it really works, you know, because I watched it with my kid and he's not like that. He is with video games, you know, but he's like not on his phone all the time. And uh, one of the characters in this, they're telling the story about him when he was a kid and doing this thing to his daughter who's on her phone all the time. And it was just, it was, it's good. Yeah, definitely watch it. It's mildly entertaining and it's definitely a good Christmas movie. You know what I mean? Like you could watch it with grandma in the room, you know? Uh, what else? What'd you guys do this week? Dave, how's that pizza? Are you saving it? I'm, I'm going to wait till after we get done. I wouldn't I'd do that. I'm not I waiting to eat my dinner. I mean, Jesus. Right now. Jesus. Wait a second. Wait a second. Whoa. This is a role. This is a, a reversal of roles here. I'm holding off eating and Taylor's eating. I'm hungry, man. All I had for lunch was like a Nutri-Grain bar. Oh, oh see, so you're working too hard, man. You work too hard. Uh, do you guys do anything cool this week? Anything fun, interesting? Um, I tried to go to an escape game on Saturday with some friends, but um, a couple of randos uh, booked the same room as us, which we were not expecting because who wants to do an escape room with randos? But we I had somebody. With, you know me, though. I'm very. Outgoing. I guess, but we very had somebody outgoing. in the group who uh, is somewhat immunocompromised, and so sure. you know we were like, "Hey, are you guys willing to wear a mask?" And they were like, "No." no. So oh. we ended up not doing the escape room. Yeah. So yeah, that guy's a real piece of shit. But um Yeah, that sucks. So the this guy and what looked like his like ten year old daughter were in the escape room by themselves. And I can't imagine they did all that well with just two people for a twelve person room, but yeah. I don't know. I get it. Can't you just book it where it's just you and whoever you want? You can, but you have to buy like the whole room. Although apparently we were wrong about that. Apparently in COVID times you can say, Hey, I don't want to be with other people right now. Well, that's good. So we didn't ask enough beforehand. Is oh, well, that's on you then, man. I'm just kidding. That sucks. That really does suck. And Dave just got pizza. Yeah, I just got pizza. Other than that, other than that, supporting supporting some random Kickstarters. You and this money. I wish I had money like What's you. at the top of your Kickstarter list right now, Dave? Uh, the you, uh, Are you going to do a special list for the end of the year? David's top five Kickstarters. Oh, I could do one. For could you year. narrow it down to five? I could. Of course, he could. Uh, I, well, but some of them are just like uh, STL files. Uh, guys are putting together for like uh, miniatures and stuff. Like a there's a Viking themed one. I need right some now. blast effects, bro. Okay. You need I'll, to make I'll, me some blast effects and mail them out here to me. I'll, I'll to see. Me. I'll demand. I'll it. see what I. You need I'll to do all this do. stuff, man. I'll see what I can do here in the near future. Let's do some uh, news. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Let's do some news. Uh, there, the the uh, the badass uh, Borderlands Mr. Torg's ba- Arena of Badassery or something like that, which yeah. is like uh, the Borderlands miniatures game. We don't need five right now. Ah, well, no, that's just the, the two big ones right now. Damn. I, I and Damn. then I'm I'm putting money away for the the Marvel Zombies side one. Nice. Uh, right, let's, do, let's do news. I'm done yeah. with you. All right. We got sad creator news and then happy creator news. Uh, sad creator news first. Uh, he announced, well, his family, I guess, announced 
that George Perez, the legend, uh, shared on a news on his Facebook page where he revealed that he is diagnosed uh, with pancreatic cancer, stage three pancreatic cancer. He's only got six to 12 months to live. And he has opted to let nature take its course and not pursuing chemotherapy. A very honorable choice. Uh, yeah, George Perez, let's not, you know, you know, lean in on him passing away. He's not dead yet. He's a legend. Uh, we have, he actually we retired. have the opportunity to let him know how great he is while he's still with exactly. us. Exactly. And he is great. He uh, is. I would call him not just – he is definitely way in the lead in terms of all-time greatest comic book artists of all time. Kirby is certainly in the argument there. But I would consider George Perez to be one of the greatest artists of modern pop culture. And the reason I say that is the shit that he did – and this is just gauntlet, you know? Yeah. If you look at his JLA stuff, it, it's – he is the quintessential comic book artist, right? He didn't create he, this style. He, he mastered this style and made it his own. This is he, straight he's out kind of like the, He's kind of like the foundation for mo- more the modern age of comics artwork style. Yeah, I mean, yeah. George Perez is the archetype. His favorite book of mine is JLA Avengers. Yes. And pinning your way through that, or thumbing your way through that, something that I think is like kind of impressed upon the reader. No one else could have drawn this. Yeah, exactly. No exactly. one else would have been an appropriate fit for this. There was only one choice, you it's know, because his style to me defines what comic book art style should be. His style is defines that style of art in a way that that like establishes it in its own medium. You know what I mean? If you were going to distinguish between art forms, I would want George Perez's work to be the example put forth when they bring up comic book art. Yeah. Um, His is very definitive. It's genre defining media defining. In fact, and that's why I think he was such a good choice for, for that crossover. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one else had both the pedigree and just the artistic style that would have been a good fit for let's get every character from both of the biggest companies smashing the shit out of each other. No one else could have been up to that task. Because he's he was able to capture the Marvel style of not only character design, but the action. Yeah. He was able to incorporate that with DC's unique style. Yeah. He has this amazing talent for these huge, uh, double paged. Yes. Well, yeah, that's all on chaos, like in captured, right? Like all the characters across the screen. Like another good example of that was his, uh, Legion of three worlds that he did. Um, that was pretty amazing too, right? Where we have like all these characters from all these eras and they're just all over the damn page. He uses the page so well. There's it's like an Easter egg hunt, right? Like going yeah. through and finding like all the cool little details that he's thrown in. Yeah, he's he's like he's like you know the master of the big group image. He is, man. He is. He is. So yeah, he's just had a uh, it says here genre defining. No, I think it's a medium defining. You know, I think it goes further than that. So yeah, I think he's him, he will industry. be made, but I mean, he's a legend and legends, you know, live on forever with their work. And his work is one of those that I don't think will. No, you can't. It's Kirby than Perez, dude. Seriously. You know what I mean? It, it, it just it just is. It just is. Uh, moving on. Tom Taylor. Now, good creator news. Tom Taylor has announced that he has signed an exclusive contract with DC Comics. 
that's good news. Hooray. That's good news. He's doing great work yeah. over there with the three books that they're showing off here. And here's even more with his. That means we're getting more horror. I'm sure he's going to go back to to what to that shit. He might go back to Injustice. You know, he really Man, if DC is smart, they will just let him do whatever the hell he wants to. Yeah. He is on such a tear right now. Like, everything he's doing... I can't remember the last time I read a Tom Taylor book and, like, thought... Even that it was mediocre. All of them are at least, like, pretty damn good. You Fear know? State. His Fear State Nightwing run, I could not give a shit, but it was still really good to read. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want him back in Bloodhaven. I want him back with his dog. I don't want him hanging out with Batman. And you know, doing it was easily the best part of Beer State. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh yeah, so props on him. Uh, We'll talk about Dark Knights of Steel later. I finally got what he's doing with this book in issue number two, and holy shit, I'm on for forever for these twelve and the next twelve. But uh, I'll look at this as, as, uh, I guess, devil's advocate. It sucks that he's not going to do any Marvel shit. It does. It sucks. That his is Dark unfortunate. Ages is rad. His Dark Ages is rad. His Dark Ages is cool. Um, his Wolverine back in the day was like one of the best books going for a while there. Yeah. Um, With so yeah. Yeah. I it's mean, always unfortunate. Honey like, Badger. He introduced Honey Badger. Yeah. I mean, he's the. That's always the flip side of these exclusive contracts, right? Like we're gonna see a lot of cool content, but it's not gonna be all of our favorite characters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Tom Taylor, uh, definitely in the running for that best of 2021 writer. Uh, I, I can only think of maybe two, three that even deserve to be nominated along with him. You know. Uh, moving on, a new X Men shit announced. We actually talked about this on the last preview show, which was a week ago today, which just sounds weird. Oops, sorry. Uh, but yeah, this is the next iteration, the next, I guess, era. For the X-Books. Inferno is going on right now. Uh, it's going to burn shit down. We're going to talk about it later too, I'm sure. Holy shit. Uh, it's hitting the fan over there. So, yeah, this is going to spin out of Inferno and the X-Lives, X-Deaths of Wolverine. The second Krakoan Age, Destiny of X. Uh, and there you go. Great image there. Um, Mark Brooks cover. No, that's is that a Mark Brooks cover? I don't remember. It's rad though. It doesn't right. look like Mark Brooks artwork. Yeah. Uh, so we did get the new series. A couple. Well, that, the list at the bottom is all the new series, right? Some of them are already out. Um, X Men Red, I think, is the one we're all a little bit worried about. Um, everything else sounds dope. You know, Knights of X and Legion of X. We don't know what the hell those are, but damn, it's Legion so of X fun. is that Nightcrawler book that's coming out of Way of X. I'm I'm down with that. Nightcrawler's been awesome in Inferno. I love Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is yeah. one of my favorite X Men. Always has uh, been. Yeah, I don't know what Knights of X is, but damn, no idea on that one. So fun. But yeah, uh, then yeah, we also just have like a smattering of like the top tier X books here, right? Marauders, X Force, X Men, Wolverine, New Mutants. Uh, I think the best uh, X book now that I've been able to soak the whole thing in its entirety is Hellions, and we could talk about it later. Hellions just hit me in the in the feels this week. It was so damn good. Uh, but they did announce a couple of books. Immortal X-Men, uh, or at least showed off more art for them, you know. Uh, I think Destiny being here, I think that is a is a lie. <laughs> I think I think Destiny is a faker. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but yeah, this is cool. Who is this guy, this death-looking guy? Is that just supposed to be the Grim Reaper? Not the Grim Reaper, but like 
the Grim Reaper. Like Lady Death. Looks, like he kind of looks like Exodus. No, Exodus is not. Exodus is standing like behind the Grim Reaper. He's though. got his hand on his shoulder, actually. Oh, okay. And see, he's got this scythe, and it comes down, and then he's got an hourglass too on the table. If that's supposed to be an existing mutant, I do not recognize them. As I, far I as I can tell, this is yeah. just literally death. Yeah. Uh, so Immortal X-Men is going to be Karen Gillan and Lucas Wernick doing the art. Uh, that's a Mark Brooks cover there for sure. But uh, focus on the current leaders of mutant kind known as the Quiet Council. Uh, a lot of motherfuckers in the background. Uh, you'll notice these Iraqi motherfuckers in the background. These two uh, definitely helped with uh, moving uh, the island to Mars. This motherfucker over here, Lakuda or whatever, knows where everything is. That's just his power. He knows where everything's at. That's that's a power that I like a lot, right? Because, like, it's one of those things that, I like, on the surface... all the time. <laughs> well, like, on the surface level, that doesn't sound like much, but, like, yeah. the implications there are staggering, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Uh, and also Marauders. We know Marauders is relaunching with a new number one. That's going to be Steve Orlando doing his first ongoing Marvel book, I think, is what he said. And uh, Eleonora Carlini, who I don't know who Eleonora Carlini uh, is. Kale Nigi does this cover. Uh, most notably, it's got uh, this Solomus guy in it, Somnus. Uh, he's right here with like the moon on his on his shirt. Like okay. upside down. Uh, that's the new character that they released in that uh, Pride Voices thing. Uh, and he it looks like we thing. also have a bunch of uh, cast-offs from some canceled X-Books here. Yeah, it looks like... Yeah, I'll go through all of them. Uh, it's Kate and Bishop. They're still there. As last I knew, Bishop was a captain. Uh, he might be like the captain captain now. The, whatever. Uh, but so was Psylocke. Or at least Quanin was. And that's yeah. Quanin, right? Um, that's so yeah. just weird to me that there's two captains on the Marauders team. Yeah, Bishop is like the captain. He's the captain commander. But then we also yeah, have like... over for Cyclops when he yeah, went to the X-Men. We also have Kate, who's on the Quiet Council. So it's a very politically important team here we actually have. Yeah, here, I'll go through them. Uh, Psylocke, uh, Dokken, Aurora Tempo, who has the, the most important job on Krakoa. She ages the scotch. She ages the whiskey. Uh, for the Krakoan whiskey. Uh, and Somnus, the new mutant hero who debuted earlier. Marvel Voices Pride number one. Uh, but Captain Pride's crew is not yet complete. Against her better judgment, Pride comes face-to-face -face with the final Marauder. Someone no fan will see coming. Dun-dun-dun. So there's still a secret. There's still a secret. I hope it's that Surely pirate not. motherfucker from the Wolverine book. That'd be fun. Hopefully yeah. it's not Deadpool because I'm, that would I'm be really just lame. Joking anyways. I'm but, sure, uh, but still. I'm sure they considered that honestly, but they really yeah. shouldn't do that. Juggernaut, I'd be okay with it being Juggernaut, although he does not well, That could be fun. Up, he does not That work. is true. He is I, not suited to the environment. Yeah. It sucks that Iceman is leaving that team. He was one of the most – he was so much fun in that book. Uh, and it doesn't look like they're going to do – well, they, I don't know. He might move to another team. He's definitely on the Destiny of X, staring at his orb, which is so hip right now. <laughs> that meme is taken off. <laughs> it's taken over. Uh, I, have that, I have that artwork somewhere. I think it's in a D&D &D book. Yeah, it's from a D&D &D book. It's either D&D yeah. &D or it's a magic card. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's all rad, dude. Uh, more on that when it breaks uh, – We'll talk about X-Men until there are no more X-Men books.
you know, which will be forever. Uh, all right, finally, Hawkeye, episode four, Partners, am I right? Uh, yeah, this show just continues to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, this is my favorite episode so far, I think I'll yeah. say. Touching moments. Uh, this is the full-on Christmas awesome. And, spoiler alert, there's a Black Widow in this episode. What? Yep. Ah, what? We knew, we, well, we knew this was coming. If you if you've seen the Black Widow movie, you knew this was coming. Yeah, this was when, not if, for sure. Yeah, man. But and it yeah, all worked um, together. Everybody after Clint, and nobody really knows why they're after Clint. Like like my uh Maya Lopez Echo, she's after Clint, but she doesn't realize that she's supposed to be after Clint. Yeah, she knows that she's after Ronan, but she really hadn't figured out. She hasn't put two yet. and two together yet. Yeah, she kind of has. But not yet. And then Elena, she wants Clint. She knows she wants Clint, but she doesn't. She's doing it for the wrong reasons. Well, you know? what I don't, what I didn't understand is at the end of Black Widow, how did they know that Clint? They were saying that essentially Clint was resta- responsible for Natasha's death. They I, probably I, at least know that Black Widow and Clint left the planet together, and only Clint came back. So that might be just the whole basis for dude, this. I'm sure they had to file reports. With the government, Sokovia Accords, and all yeah, that. And all still, I bet. I mean, obviously, they had to file a report. Captain America was like, "This was the plan. This is what happened." And they're like, "Well, what happened to Agent Romanov?" And he'd be like, "Well, Clint won't talk about it." And I wouldn't either. You know, they know enough. Uh, well, I don't know. Steve wasn't around, I guess, to file a report. Somebody no, filed. A he was around a long. But the point is that, like, yeah, yeah, somebody knows that, like, they were supposed to come back together and only he came back. So that's yeah. probably why, like, or, and remember, this is that uh, super spook Valentina, you know, basically exactly. sticking Elena on him. So she might have her own agenda. She's probably, like, using a bunch of half-truths to her advantage here. But going back to, like, the Christmas sweater stuff, that was a lot of fun. It really developed a lot of good chemistry between the two. Um, It is cool to see them kind of play off of each other and, like, Hawkeye sort of begrudgingly accept this mentor role. I also really enjoyed bringing the LARPers back. Um, They seem like really fun side characters to me. Um, And, yeah, the action at the end with the... uh, Basically, it devolved into, like, 1v1v2 at the end there and that was a pretty cool fight scene yeah i like that too uh i i like how when they were busting into the building right clint's like no you need to do this and then case like now nah, watch this and just does it her own way and it works you know it did and work neither, yeah and neither of them really catch on to to maya's whole plan and, and what she's got going on uh clint's whole story you know the shot i didn't take uh when he's given Talking about giving Natasha the second chance that she, she deserved, it was really great. Uh, and then her, him teaching her how to flick, you know, kill somebody with a a bottle top. Yeah, it was a real Christmassy, wholesome way to like teach someone to murder something with an, an object. <laughs> yeah, with a Yahoo cap. Yeah, uh, Yahoo. I call them Yahoos. Uh, awesome. We'll have more on the next episode of Black Widow, and maybe. Yes, no, maybe. I think I'll probably see it this weekend, but I don't know for sure yet. You will likely be the only one. Well, well, I am not I, going to theaters. If I go see it, it'll probably be Saturday. And I'm not going to theaters to see this. Well, uh, I would go. I'm down on all the Spider-Man movies. Um, but this one actually looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. He finally learned how to swing up high. It's cool. It's, it's his 
it's his girlfriend who's finally scared and not him of heights. So he's learned something. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if this movie can live up to the hype that the fans have placed on it, dude. You know what I mean? I don't care about any of the multiverse stuff. That's all Me fine. Neither. I can take yeah. it or leave it. Yeah. I like the Marvel movies. I imagine I'll like sure. this one as well. Will I like it more than I usually like these movies? I honestly don't know. Yeah. Probably not. But it doesn't matter. The Marvel movies are always fun. You know? It's like pizza. Sometimes you get good pizza. Sometimes you get bad pizza. Pizza's always usually pretty good. Yeah. So go. Like, the, the floor for these movies is very, very high. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, oh, we got a comment. Somebody's in here. Oh, it's Andy. Hey, Andy. Thanks. I will probably see this weekend. Good, man. Yes. I, I mean, it, it's going to be the biggest hit of 2021, okay? People are fed up with, with the virus. People, you know, even though Omicron's here and you should take that shit seriously, okay? Take, definitely take shit seriously. People are done, okay? We're vaccinated. We're, we're through. Even if we're not, it doesn't matter. We're through. We're, we're going to a fucking movie, okay? And it's Spider-Man. All right. If you look back in the history of these movies, you can almost say that Spider-Man turned it to where superhero movies were were where they were taken seriously. You know, you could say Blade, yeah. sure, Blade. You could say Blade, you could say but X-Men. It wasn't a trend after Blade. Yeah, Spider-Man blew those two out of the water. Spider-Man started a trend. Yeah. yeah. Where they were taken seriously. Yeah. Not it's like honestly kind of I can see that. I don't know if you you can make the argument that Blade back in the nineties wasn't really a superhero movie per se. Oh sure, it was an antihero movie. Sure, sure, and like but, you know, yeah, they the picked comic a book movie. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is like they very intentionally made it not very comic booky. You know. Well, I mean, they had the organic web shooters in the first Spider Man. I'm talking about Blade. I know, but I'm just saying it. They, you know, it wasn't. That it was still fucking Spider-Man. It was he still a dude 30. in a costume wearing, like, you know, yeah. color, like, fighting a guy on a fucking goblin glider. Sure, that was sure. way more comic booky than anything they did in Blade. You're not wrong there. You're not wrong there. If anything, the Blade movie has changed the Blade comic for the better, you know? Uh, let's do food. Mmm, yummy. Taylor's favorite segment, um, and by popular demand, because Taylor demanded it, we are not going to talk about the chocolate orange mayonnaise thank now, you that was that, not like we could have skipped showing it or the or the oreo flavored wine this is actually now, what i thought we were going to be doing for food news this mayo, week the oreo wine you, you heard about that i no. saw it mentioned a lot of like oh crap gomer's gonna put this in yeah. the fucking food news but we're oh, doing good my. ones we're only doing yummy ones because that's what taylor wants they have new flavors of pop tarts coming out and they're based on donuts yes we've gone full circle Snack food cycle complete for Pop-Tarts. The breakfast cookie, giant breakfast cookie that was based on donuts has now have donut-flavored Pop-Tarts. You know, I appreciate this. This actually looks like something that, you know, I'm not a big Pop-Tart guy, but this is a, this is a perfectly appropriate thing to make a Pop-Tart flavor, you know? Those yeah. are my two favorite donuts, too. Apple yeah, this and Boston cream. My this gels really well. This yeah. would, you know, this would make a fine you addition know. to the Pop Tarts yes. line of disgusting breakfast foods. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would want a Boston cream pie warm. Or... Oh, that's an excellent point. That is an excellent point. Apple fritter, though. Oh, man. apple fritter. Yeah, you, you he smell it through the up. house when someone's 
bacon a pop tart. Somebody needs somebody needs to make apple fritter but milk. You know you can eat pop tarts cold, right? You can even freeze yeah. them sometimes. Yeah, I freeze yeah. the blueberry ones frozen in the summertime. Oh man, they're so good. Milk, glass of milk in the morning. Oh mm. dude, it's the best. It's the best. Even like a hot. Now the now a Boston cream frozen. That does sound interesting. Kind of like there you go, Dave. Kind of kind of uh, like yeah. a ice cream sandwich, dude. Man. Oh, why he's always take, working up here. He's why always... don't you take uh, Why don't you take pop tarts, pop tarts, and make an ice cream sandwich, dude? <laughs> blew my mind. You just uh, broke it wide open, Dave. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a moment of destruction, but we would be remiss if we didn't mention the rumor. Okay, now, yes, there was a rumor from Bleeding Cool that. IDW was losing GI Joe. IDW was losing Transformers, and then another rumor that they were going to Image. But the Hollywood Reporter said that is a more reputable news source. I guess quote unquote reputable <laughs> news source said that yes, Robert Kirkman Skybound is in talks to get Transformers and Joe. Uh, Skybound has done that Trover series. Trover uh, saves done, the universe. Yep, they've done yeah. Summoners War, and they got a Lego license. Plus, they plus their properties have made it the transition from comic books to TV shows. Exactly, Skybound really isn't doing a lot of that in house, though. Yeah, it's mostly Kirkman doing his own thing. You know what I mean? But they're but, published under the Skybound. But yes, but Kirkman does have the ins. So w- creators who do publish at Skybound do get an inside track with Kirkman and his deals. Kirkman's also a big name to slap on a comic book, right? It'll get a lot of people to buy it. Uh, Actually, the the rumor that THR, the news that THR is putting out, says that he will not be writing any of these. Which I think is dumb. It sounds like this is like a dream come true for me. Is this going to be one of those like Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology thing where Neil Gaiman has like precious little to do with it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's Kirkman, just got a producer's credit. Kirkman's name is basically in this just because he's the head of Skybound, you know. But he wants these two franchises because he loves them. But I think he'd be dumb if he did not write on these, man. You know, I mean, these are two of the biggest media franchises ever created in terms of overall long term success. All right, these are 40-year-old franchises who have billion-dollar movies that have come out within the past, like, four years, four or five years. Maybe not Joe, but close. That Snake Eyes movie did well. Okay, I mean, they're, they're, they're movies that make money. They may not be, like, blockbusters. But, but no, know. Transformers, though, is every fucking one is a yes. worldwide blockbuster. As much as we hit. bitch about these Michael Bay movies, yeah. they keep making them because they make fucking bank. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, because Michael Bay just don't know when the to only stop. thing Bay fucked up about those movies were the bots themselves. The action, I like the action, you know, but the bots themselves just didn't feel like they didn't feel they didn't feel transformative to the originals. Because Bay know? Bay basically wanted to be able to like, okay, all these parts on this car, you know, get transformed into a robot, so we're not gonna have like mass shifting and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Oh, listen to you, mass shifting. Motherfuckers don't know what you're talking about. If you're a Transformers fan, you might as well say Shadow Play and shit like that. (laughs) If you're a Transformers fan, you know what matches. Oh, I know what you're talking about. All right, (laughs) let's get into the top three. I'm going first this week. I'm so Ah. excited. What a week of comics.
Uh, yeah, I'll start out. Honorable mentions. Um, man, did I even put these in order? One, two. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right. Um, man, I I I never finished my notes because <laughs> because I didn't think we were doing the damn show. So hold on, let me put some things in order. Maybe I shouldn't have gone first. All right, <laughs> honorable mentions. You got um, cocky, Gomer. I know. See, oh man, there were so many good books this week. Okay, Gomer does not do well with improvisation. I don't. Batman one hundred and eighteen, <laughs> pretty good. Joshua Williamson, dude, he he mixed it up a little bit. There were some fun moments in there. Uh, I liked it. Uh, man, I, I couldn't put this in my top three because there were so many other good books. But Dark Knights of Steel number two from Do, uh, Tom Taylor and Yasmin Putri. This issue convinced me. This story is destined to be a classic. This is Game of Thrones with DC characters, and it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's my, it's, that's an honorable mention from me as it's well. It's so fucking cool. Because this it is, is kind the of, issue where I figured it out, you know, what he was actually doing. Go ahead. You can still talk about that. Before. I was just going to mention that, like, it was kind of interesting. I saw where, like, um, we had a, a media splash because we had an image of a uh, Wonder Woman kissing her girlfriend in this book. Yeah. As far as I can tell, that's a brand new character. She is. It, and um, it's kind of an interesting ploy, right? We're like, hey, look, guys, it's Wonder Woman's girlfriend. Isn't that great? But then, like, she murders a child at the end of the book. And Elseworlds girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. But and- still. This Rucka, was, I think, Rucka the first time can, um, Wonder Woman has had a same-sex kiss, correct? Uh, yes, but Rucka has confirmed her sexuality. Yes, but they didn't show but anything. But they didn't show This anything. is going to get a lot more attention from the media at large, and they make her girlfriend a child murderer like six pages later. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. Uh, another honorable mention, One Star Squadron. Um, do I have a picture of that? Yeah, uh, that's actually going to be my number three this week. Oh, I'll wait to talk about that then. I'll wait to talk about that then. My number three was Hellions, uh, number eighteen. Um, last issue, uh, Zeb Wells, Zay Carlos, and Steven Segovia teamed up on the art here. Um, this whole series has been about dealing with individuals with mental health issues. I, I you know, I, 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 it's hard for me to put these in in terms that make any sense because a lot of it is could be classified as neurodivergent, you know, uh, other things. It could be, you know, PTSD, which I don't want to, you know, put in the same realm as mental illness. You know what I mean? I don't know how all of these words work together, but Zeb Wells dealt with all of these different characters with different qualities to them that a lot of society sees as a negative. And pushed it into the new status quo of Krakoa and the X-Men where it's their mutant powers that make them like this. And we have to accept them for who they are because we're accepting all these villains, you know, because of their powers. We're accepting everyone because that's what Krakoa is. We're embracing mutantdom. Um, And it did not work out well. You know, they were at each other's throats the whole time. They, you know, went on these dumb adventures. They stabbed each other in the back. But at the end here, um, they're they're throwing Orphan Maker into the pit, you know. Um, but Nanny's like, no, you ain't throwing my boy in the pit. And Nanny, I mean, I'm tearing up. I'm miss getting misty just thinking about it. Nanny's like, no, you ain't sending my boy in there. I'm going with him. And I'm like, oh, man. And then it's this one where it just – and look, at the whole team, Nightcrawler, just – 
horrible, horrible shit, man. Uh, it really did a number on me because after that, then it's all these little montages, you know, of uh, Grey Crow and and Quanin having their moment and Empath going back to where Empath is with all his team and them all talking shit on him. And then his eyes blink pink for a second and the next, you know, they're all, oh, we love you. We're so glad you're back. And he just got this terrible frown on his face. He's so pissed at his life. Um wild child you know having a meeting with sage and sage is like all you have to do is take these meds and he takes them and then he goes and lays down you know all on a ball because they make him feel like shit you know his medication and man zeb wells just really hit every nail he needed to hit for this series to work and when it's all said and done right when hickman hickman's status quo is over and we're on to the next thing in five or ten years Hellions will most likely not get the attention and respect that it deserves, but it should. It's an amazing series. Amazing series. Uh, that's my number three. Sounds like a good pick. It was. I wish Adam was here, man. Cause yeah, I he would have been able to, I like, know this would have been back you up on that one, but yeah. yeah, I should go back and check these out sometime. Yeah, I might've slept on these. Uh, big D. All righty, uh, just a couple of uh, honorable mentions uh, real quick. Uh, Post-Americana number seven kind of wraps up everything in the series. Uh, the 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 Wasteland gets a happy ending. Nice. And uh, Frontiersman, number three. Not bad, not bad. Great art in this issue. Great art. It really uh, went all out in this issue. Yeah, uh, this... Uh, Essentially, an old enemy comes to the to the treehouse and fights. Get, they get into a fight, and it kind of shows their history uh, through the whole their whole story. And in the end of it, you know, Frontiersman uh, is I don't know. I'm not exactly sure if he killed him or the guy died of a heart attack or something. But the guy that showed I think up is sort dead. Cliffhangery. No, it uh, it's he's definitely dead. No, he's dead. But I think how he died I they, think yeah gonna, they they kind of they kind of yeah. don't go into detail about how he was killed yeah i think they're gonna pull that into the part of the story all right uh my number three pick uh this week is uh soul plumber number three this is a dc book this is a dc book uh yeah dc horror man all the good shit dc had out this week yeah right, <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding but uh, you know it's by the guys from the last podcast on the left and it's just yeah. this this crazy uh, pseudo-religious kind of thing and where the guy, the soul plumber, builds a machine that can basically excise demons. And a, a knight of some holy order shows up to basically <laughs> be like, what you've done is a violation of holy <laughs> law. And and our, 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 our demon friend from the last issue shows up and is like, you're not going to hurt my friend because he's because the last issue he like dismembered multiple yeah. people to create a body yeah and it's just just this crazy crazy it's crazy horror though. it pulls from it pulls and from i haven't a lot read it stuff. but i've read like three reviews on it and it's pulling from like classic horror different oh yeah classic horror there's there's all kinds of just craziness there's like i i, I kind of feel like there's a little bit of like an element of like reanimator in there yeah and uh just a bunch of those old uh well, Frankenstein definitely Franken exorcist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's but the but the it has this kind this particular issue had kind of a, a reanimator vibe to it. And the artwork nice. just fits the book so well. Nice. 
and you know, and it, and since it's coming from you know Marcus Parks and Henry Zabrowski and Ben Kissel, uh, and you know these are the guys that host the last podcast on the left. You know they know their horror shit. Yeah, sure. so it's pretty good. Good choice. Good choice. Oh, that's Taylor. Honorable mention. All right. Um, honorable mention, like we said earlier, for uh, Dark Knights of Steel number two. Um, it is a lot of very fun world building going on here. Like we're getting more of like kind of seeing characters we're familiar with, but in like unfamiliar settings. And I should have known when they introduced a kid for Black Lightning who isn't one of his kids in the uh, main continuity. Right. Oh, this kid's fucked. Right. And indeed he was. Right. But, um, well, I knew somebody was going to get revenge. I didn't realize they were going to introduce another kid and then have that kid just immediately, you know, open up the whoop ass. Yeah. They're definitely going for like the, the intrigue, the fucking layers of game of thrones? betrayal. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Game of Thrones for DC is an appropriate description. I mean, that, this issue really, I was like, okay, I figured it out. I know what Taylor is doing with this book. It's game of Thrones with DC and it's fucking brilliant. It's such a smart idea, man. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And speaking of Tom Taylor, I'm also doing an honorable mention for his uh, Superman Son of Kal-El annual. We get to right. see uh, Jonathan interacting with Lex Luthor, and it was it was a fun issue. It was fun. I like how uh, <laughs> like they're on the ground, and while they go chat, they go to play chess on the roof, and while Lex Luthor's taking the ride up, uh, <laughs> John just goes and learns chess. <laughs> like in that yeah, like he studies like, like oh, every boy. game he's ever had, and like yeah. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun shit. It was. Um, but my number three is um, One Star Squadron number one. Nice, nice. This is a pretty quintessential Mark Russell book. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like it's continuity at all, but it is a pretty scathing look at gig economies, at capitalism, about people who have like the best of intentions to make a positive impact on the world, but you know the foibles of life you know like paying bills and you know having to chase that dollar gets in the way of that mark russell does a lot of good social commentary in his work he does and like that's especially true here with the character of gangbuster who um went out and tried to you know do good in the world and just got beat down hard for it and you know him dealing with you know ptsd it seems um just like he's got a brain injury dude like a football player would have well, that's true. Yeah, it does seem yeah. like he has paid a pretty heavy cost for, you know, his gangbuster career. And it's tragic, especially, you know, the little scenes he throws in, right, about people he used to know pretending like they don't know him and they know that he's not going to remember anyway. And it's heartbreaking. It and, happens, and then it happens. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's off to a pretty good start. The main reason I don't think this can really be continuity is because Power Girl apparently is a real bitch in this she one. She is a terrible, terrible human. Um, and the only reason I say that is because she is through and through a capitalist in this. And that is her one and only goal is yeah, to make um, a dollar. Yeah, we end um, the her betraying Red Tornado, our POV character here. Because Tornado is sort of the antithesis of that. And they go say that at the beginning. Um you know, he wants to be a hero. He's going to do all this shit. And then he gets home and he's got a stack of bills that he can't pay. And it's like, well, how the hell? I saved like, you know, all these people's lives today, but I can't afford to live. And it's like, oh shit. Um, there's also a line in there when Power Girl is in her meeting 
And the dude says, yeah, I think there's something wrong with Red Tornado's programming. And it's like, oh, dude. Yeah, Mark Russell has this way of, of saying the most important thing anybody can say, doing it with the most absurd backdrop you can imagine. Um, yeah. Yeah, very fun. And it, it's inherently, you know, disarming, right, to see all yeah. these, like, fanciful, like, you know, just objectively ridiculous characters set into, like, such a mundane setting. It's a pretty brilliant setup. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, excellent choice. Great read. Man, there are so many good books this week. Uh, my number two, Devil's Reign, number one. This also is my number my one. Number two. Oh, nice. We've all got this on our list this week? Yes. Yep. All right. A fantastic start, a blockbuster-style event. Um, Excellent continuation of the Daredevil book. Uh, Taylor, you're not reading Daredevil. What I am not reading think? Daredevil, but I'm yeah. still enjoying the hell out of this opening issue. That's I think what I that's, said in my notes, man. Yeah, that's a great mark here. I think that, like, I'm sure you're getting a lot out of, like, callbacks to things that are happening in Daredevil run, but it also gets us hitting the ground running, getting people like me who haven't been reading the the run on Daredevil up to speed, but it doesn't feel like it's just giving us a fucking exposition dump, you know? Yeah. I didn't oh, feel yeah. like it was beating me over the head with a bunch of stuff I hadn't read earlier. I was yeah. worried that this was going to feel like another Civil War book. Dude, but, that is in my notes, too. And, but it it's not. I mean... The Fisk it, angle just works on a whole different level than Civil War, you know? Oh, yeah. Because he's not in this to do anything even close to doing something altruistic. You know, he's not being altruistic. He knows he's been fucked and he's trying to figure out why. And if he's got to burn New York to the ground to figure out why, he's going to do it. And oh, it's yeah, like, that, oh, that's that is, a villain. That, that is, is a bona fide. Yeah, you know, that is Marvel completely within his times, character to do so. He would. Exactly. Marvel, a lot of times, has this problem. They do it in the MCU where they want you to relate to the villain and understand why the villain's doing it doing it, and feel compassion. A villain can just be a fucking villain. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a sympathetic villain, but sure. you, it, there's also nothing wrong with having him just be a complete piece of shit. And that's exactly who Fisk is in this, and it's wonderful. Uh, I know this is a, a maybe a bold step, a little bit big step. I think this is some of maybe the best work I've ever seen Marco Cicchetto do. Look at that Ben Grimm, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you that's can just tell. It's, he's making Ben emote really well here. Like, you can see, like, just how livid he is about oh, these people opening fire on a bunch of kids. Yeah, you and, don't need goof. any of the words on this, and you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Just perfect artwork, dude. But, um, yeah, um, I think this book also has a lot of really cool things to say about, like, the system being turned against you, right? about um, when people in power try to pull the strings to like, you know, take for themselves while also trying to convince you that they're doing it for you, you know? Yeah, which feels yeah. current and is, but the sad thing about that is it's always current. You know what I mean? Uh, and then we got, oh, here's our fucking hero. This is the most hilarious panel I think I've read all week, and I read all of One Star Squadron. Tony Stark gonna run for fucking? Are you kidding me? No. Honestly, this could this could be a way to like do some like goofy status quo stunt that they I don't think they've done before. Uh, I mean, it would. Be I wouldn't okay. be surprised if he actually does become the mayor by the end of this. To be honest, I, I'd be okay with that, but. Uh, oh, but I also I wanted just... to point out that like at the beginning where we're doing our uh, opening narration, um. What's something I, I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but I thought it was really cool as we're reading like this monologue. I did not know 
if this was Fisk talking about Daredevil or Daredevil talking about Fisk. Perfect. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That is brilliant writing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chip Zdarsky, uh, Marco Chetto are opening this. If I could say one bad thing about it, and all Marvel events do this, this did not do it as hard, as heavy-handed as a lot of them do, but this fed into the promotion for the tie-ins a lot more than I would have liked it to. You know, everybody had to get their moment for all of these tie-ins that are coming. Um, and I get it. I mean, that's I true. I'm sure that was in their minds when they were writing it. But it's also true that, you know, this is the opening issue and we need to know our cast. Sure. But Zdarsky kept it entertaining the whole time. Like the shit with um, uh, Power Man and um, – yeah, he had a yeah. That was great, Luke speech was good. That speech he gave, you know, yeah. basically, I'm not a super, you know, I'm not Captain America, and I'm not Tony Stark, but I yeah. am a New Yorker, and I know that Fisk is. And then crooked. Jessica Jones saying, "Why the fuck did you say that?" You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. and I love their, we I love like, yeah, like their dynamic. Yeah, and we were, and like, I love their dynamic. Where like he's like, "Yeah, I know it was stupid, but I feel like it had to be said." And you now she is like, "Yeah, you're right." But Even though she is still mad at him. She's right? a wife and a mother, and yes, she's still mad at him. Zdarsky just nails that, and he nails it in like a half a fucking panel of dialogue. You know what I mean? He just It's so sharp, so on point. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, he, he does a great job with all the characters he puts into this. Um, I am really engrossed in this story, and yeah, I do need to trade Hunt for Zdarsky's Daredevil run. Um, at some point, but yeah, yeah, this is this is good shit right here. Yeah, this, this is what an event should be. This is this, like I said, this is a beautiful continuation of Zdarsky's run because yeah. at the end of it, you know, at the end of Zdarsky's run, they had a uh, a moment between Daredevil and Fisk that right before the wedding, where he's like, "I'm going." Daredevil's like, "I'm going to try something different. I'm going to let you be happy." Yeah, and it, and Fisk is just like, "Screw this." <laughs> yeah. So you didn't know who the Strowmans were either. The Strowmans or whatever? No, um, those exactly. like they're gross old people at the beginning. The, yeah, yeah, they're a big part of the Daredevil run. Um, as they're like, well, he did a good job like establishing. Oh, these yeah. guys are fucking like puppeteer assholes. Yeah, yes, yeah. Cool, excellent choices, guys. Uh, Dave, what was your number? That was your number two. That was my number two. Uh, so we have Taylor's number two. Yeah, uh, my number two is going... Well, you can probably guess at this point, right? It's Inferno yeah. number three. That's my number one. Yeah, I'm not at all surprised. Um, this Hickman, Hickman, Silva, Caselli, and Sheedy. Yeah. Right. Fucking all-star team right there. This is doing what the other two issues have already done really well. We're like, we are sort of re-examining stuff from earlier in Hickman's run, but from like a different perspective and getting context that we did not have before. We can see what, uh, what Cypher here has been up to. Um, we can see how all the fallout is taking place after all the shit from last issue and how apparently Emma Frost is really butthurt about being left out of the loop initially. Or is she? Maybe. It's difficult or to is say. is she playing them? Is she she might be. Destiny? That would be a cool stroke, and I hope that's, that's what's what happening I, here. Yeah. I mean, you've already predicted, right, that you don't think this is going to end well for Mystique and Destiny, which I, don't think so. I would be surprised if it did. I think you're probably right there. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's really cool to get like the perspective from like Nimrod and Omega Sentinel. It's really cool to see uh, Moira and like the conflict between her and. Uh, <sighs> Destiny still playing out some more. Yeah. It is kind of interesting, right? That like 
this timeline's version of Destiny didn't even know that Moira had beef with her, but she found that out through Emma this time, right? I know. It's so wild, dude. It's so wild, the things that Hickman is playing with. There was another great graph in here that shows how Omega Sentinel came back in her timeline, which is actually Moira X's 10th timeline. And I love this line here, all my days of future past, because this is exactly, she is, Omega Sentinel, Sentinel is doing her own days of future past, where future Omega Sentinel, her, her consciousness was sent back into her body in the past. Yeah, Hickman does it's have a real talent for brilliant. like throwing in references in a way that doesn't feel forced or hokey. Yeah. That's hard to pull off, but he manages to do it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's just so many cool things going on here. Uh, there's a line here between Xavier and, and Magneto where they're like, yeah, we always win talking about themselves. And then there's a context where uh, Omega Sentinel says, yeah, we always, mutants win. always win. Yeah. Yeah. The mutants always win, but Moira's entire thing. Is that mutants always lose? Is that mutants always lose? What the fuck is Hickman doing? I can't believe yeah, he's I mean, this franchise. This is dude. quintessential Hickman stuff, it. right? Where, like, you've got to have a long memory to really yeah. appreciate what all's going on. Like, I this love is the, that, though. You are rewarded for going back and rereading after you've read the new stuff, like, years later to see, like, yeah. oh, I see what you did there, Hickman. Yeah, just brilliant, man. How did you plan it out? Uh, the last comment I have on this. Oh, well, here, this uh, two comments. This is a little shout out to Trial of Magneto. No, resurrection outside of recent exceptions. Are they confirming that? No, Wanda is not a mutant. Potentially, yeah. I don't know what the fuck is going on with that, honestly. But I still, as far as I'm aware, the, the current status quo is that she's not a mutant. Yeah. I mean, I paid thirty bucks for this event, where all I get to find out is that no, you were right. Scarlet Witch is still not a mutant. Fuck you, Marvel. I'm I want my money back on that one. Um. Make up but, your mind. Yeah, but the last thing I'll say on this, uh, with three different artists, it should have been more jarring than it was. But Hickman did a great job of choosing artists and then having the artists only do the pages for the stories that they needed to do. You know what I mean? There's sort of like three intertwining stories going on here. Yeah. There's the Cypher part. There's the Magneto, Moira, Destiny, Emma thing. And then there's the Omega Sentinel with Nimrod. And it all sort of all comes together just perfectly between the three artists. And that is very hard to do. Very, very hard to do. But, man, what a fucking book. So good. So, yeah, that's my number one. It was Taylor's number one. My number two. Oh, you still have your number one to go. My no, number, one number one was Devil's, was Devil's Ring. Devil's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we got one book to call out. And that's Dave's number one. My number one, uh, Made in Korea number six. Oh, the ending. I the knew that ending. was going to be on your list somewhere. Yeah, I forgot about it, this just, book. Just, uh, it, it was. It's a beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, just a ending to it, where Jesse essentially transcends the programming. Oh, and she becomes like a human. She like becomes, yeah, like Pinocchio. Essentially, yes. Uh, story, this 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 whole story is basically Pinocchio. Yes, she she. Well, that's I, not I guess, a riff on it. That's not a you know. Like a no, it's not. It, it sounded it's, like it's one. a more. It's more. Of I didn't a modern, mean it that way. I swear. It's I more of a modern way. modern interpretation of Pinocchio. I I would yeah. put, put it closer to that. Um, if you ever seen kind of the movie AI, it is. There's but, there's yeah. a there's a big element of that kind of feel to it. AI is definitely Pinocchio. There's even a blue fairy. Yeah, they even talk about it being Pinocchio in the yeah. movie. But, but yes, 
but um, they were trying. They're trying to, uh, from what I can gather, they're trying to replicate the AI program, and Jesse's just not having it. Mm. And she, well, she can. I, I guess it would be just say they, because Jesse can transcend between male and female now. Oh, uh, okay. So Jesse decides that. Uh, it's no longer appropriate for her to be it in Korea while they're trying to make a a duplicator. So Jesse goes home, finds another body, and goes home to her parents in Texas. Oh, and she transcends. That's a good, story. That's she, a good ending for that. She transcends her. Uh, she tra- I, I, I'm her programming. Just, sure, her programming. I I keep calling her her, but at the end of the book, it's Jesse is a adult male. Oh, it's, it's, that's the body they decided to choose. That's the body Jesse nice. chose. Okay, so it's got layers. Yeah, this this thing has had layers though, because at one point when when the, the, the little girl robot goes and like is is <laughs> she just goes through all of these different phases. I think. Yeah, she, you know, she uh, really grows know, up. Yeah, the book, and then there's like the the dark chapter, and then the chapters, and the last of the half of the book is where she's in Korea. Yeah, and they've been trying to figure out, you know, replicate this programming that the man did in the first issue to make give her sentience essentially. Yes. Yeah, and she's there's you know these metaphors where she's in this hallway full of doors and those two boys from the high school shooting that uh, are in there and they're playing hide and seek with her, and eventually she she figures out the game and she's like no more of this and she, she transcends. Wow. Essentially, cool. Yeah, I knew. Uh, yeah, Taylor called you. We're going to do that. I forgot all about that book. Uh, so yeah, Taylor's number one. Dark Rain number number one of six. Uh, or rather, Devil's Rain. Devil's what did Rain. I say? Dark Rain. Dark oh, Rain. Sorry, that was a different book. It was. <laughs> it was. Uh, great. God, Michael I guess that was like ten years ago. Now was yeah, it? It feels Rain. like it. It feels like no. It Dark Rain was. It was probably ten years ago now. Man, makes me feel old. Oh well, it's it's kind of got you know pulls of that because that's when uh what's his name was in charge. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. it's another story where like the bad guys are in like the positions of power. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's Lex a parallel. Luther's entire shtick. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, that's a wrap, guys. Thanks everybody for hanging out. Uh, check out the bullies. Uh, they got a show last night available right now on all of these channels that that were available on. Uh, go to outrightgeekery.com for a bunch of oh that, that one a bunch of links. Uh, we do have a Patreon though if you want to go there. Just a uh, tip. Just, just a tip. Uh, outrightgeekery.com. We got links uh, to all the stuff we got going on at that link. Uh, yeah, we got all kinds of shit going on throughout the the week. Uh, Big Willie still doing streams, uh, hanging out with artists and and other creators, talking shop. Uh, we'll be back sometime next week to do another new show, but it'll be on Sunday. I'm all discombobulated because of my days. Uh, and then welcome we'll to back. my world. <laughs> yeah, then we'll be back Monday to do our preview show. Uh, so yeah, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Most of all, thanks to these. Oh, these uh, two jokers. jokers. Two jokers. I guess you could be the third joker. Thanks to me for hanging out with me. <laughs> That's the saddest it. thing I think I've ever heard. <laughs> We're gonna do it again <laughs> next time. Same geek time, same geek channel. That is so sad. But yeah, this really was a great way for comics. It's hard, dude. Hello, me. Real me.
Yeah, hello.